Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 428. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. And I am Mako-chan. Normally with us, we'd probably have Ari Rockefeller, Wild Spice, or Ichigogami, but I screwed up. Um, I forgot to let them see if anybody else was available for tonight's show. I kind of assumed, well, they, they know how we're, how we're focusing, how we're running it, so they should be the available. audio wasn't coming in. What? Again? Oh, Jesus. I haven't even done any updates on this. Hold on. Hold on. Oops. That's set. Um, properties. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. All right. That made absolutely no freaking sense that time. I didn't even have any system updates, so the audio shouldn't have knocked itself out like that. How many times have I said to my, I've said on this show that I should create a checklist to check through everything before going live? Do you really want me to answer that? This time, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, probably about once a month. Yeah, I think I wrote... For the past 10 months? When but, did we start on this? Uh, we've been doing this since January. Yeah, so 11 months now. Yeah, yeah. Again, I need to just create like a giant tapestry right there of what of what to do and so forth. I, I oh God, sorry about that, y'all. I am absolutely so sorry. Mm. All right, Ari, right. I'm sorry you had to work tonight, but remember, you're making that good money now, so that's all that matters. Whereas the rest of us, you know, it is what it is, what it is. So you know. Um, anywho, Mako, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm just, you know, sitting here and playing Pokemon. So, in other words, you are in your comfort zone. Currently, yes. I am, uh, playing fetch with an Eevee right now. So, yeah, I'm pretty much in my comfort zone. You know what? You do that. You play fetch while I go fetch us Ichigo. She just messes. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, she, she, yeah, she's gonna kick my ass for that one. There we go. And Castle Yume says she's watching Disney Plus stuff. That that's the big thing everybody's doing. You know, they're off watching Disney and reliving their childhood and so forth, which is kind of cool. Just out of curiosity, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit on Disney Plus? I think so. Okay. I don't quite know though. I mean, I I have it on um on on Blu-ray. I, I was just wondering, so you know, just, you know. Hey, what's going on, Beast? Thank you for joining us tonight. <laughs> I'm starting to realize I kind of like the setup the way it is now because 
the light is not as, you know, the light comes down and it's not as flashing and stuff, so it's not so bad. And if you see up on our screen here, another giant S, uh, that's for Ichigo. She should be popping in with her awesome video in just a bit. And according to Kyle, Kyle's Castle Yume, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is on Disney+. Plus. So Now, do I want to watch the stream because I'm too lazy to pop the Blu-ray in? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. There you freaking go. <laughs> oh, man. We are live tonight, week of Tuesday, November 19th, 2019, right here on Twitch TV. Uh, before we continue, I just want to say to all the Bimani fans, happy 19 November, everybody. Right now, you can catch us on Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We're also um, hosted by the amazing people over at the Voice of Geeks Network. You can check them out at Twitch TV uh, slash uh, Vogue Network. And unfortunately, because I screwed up, uh, Ichigo may not be joining us tonight, but if she can... Yeah, she said she can do audio, oh. she can't do video. All right. I do audio, oh. not video, guys. I just, yeah, sorry, guys. I, there was a minor miscommunication, and I was yes. not, like, we did not talk if I was needed tonight, so I did not prepare for that. So I am a sock gremlin today. That is my cosplay. Um, <laughs> so I've been working nights, so what happens is that when I don't have pre-scheduled things... I end up sleeping until 7 or 8 p.m., and I don't eat all day until then. So I got hangry <laughs> and needed to eat before I came on. So that was the big thing. <laughs> but next time we'll have it all sorted. Like, we'll make sure it's all kosher. So we're good. We're good, guys. Hey, in chat, what's up, y'all? I am a floating omnipotent entity. Actually, sending love to you all. Actually, you're, you're a hidden entity until I can steal a photo off your Facebook. Yeah, that's fine. Or, you know, from my fashion page or whatever you want to do. But yeah, so, uh, yeah. Thanks uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, we look like we have quite an active chat tonight, so that's super awesome. So, hey, guys. Uh, well, I know the perfect image I am going to steal. The one, the oh, one, no. Yeah, the one of you smiling um, at, at, at your big old sewing machine. Or is it a surgery? I can't tell from the angle. It's a sewing machine. Right. Oh, thank you. I was featured by Trove, which is Trove Costumes. So, guys, if you guys want to get in a costume rental or renting out your costumes, uh, Trove is super awesome. Um, but, yeah, so I was interviewed, and that's one of my photos from there. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. What they... But, yeah. All right, well, you can tell us what they interviewed you about once we get into our um, – how was our week? How was our day after we did the uh, Twitch inter interact with us? Because I f totally forgot to update the the bar, which I just did, and there you go. What, what a what a big old head with what a big old picture. I know I'm a Leo. It happens. <laughs> we have we have very large personalities. You think? <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. We're gonna go around the room here. Um, Marco Chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, my week has been good. Mm -hmm. I've literally been playing Pokemon. <laughs> Gotta catch what up. What have you been? What have you been grinding for? Um. Well, actually, I 
while I've had the game since Friday night, um, I am a very casual player. So I have basically been um, just playing around and catching while in the wild area. I got my Meowth and I got my Eevee and I've been playing with uh, making curry and gigamaxing and all of that fun stuff. So I haven't even gotten to the first gym yet. Mm. That reminds me of one of the things I saw um, at Anime NYC, but we'll get into that when we get to that section. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, well, it was uh, sleep, the back of my eyelids, you know. Mm. Um, I am... Getting sort of ready for KatsuCon already, if anybody else is Katsu crunching already, even though we have a few months ahead of time, let me know in chat. Um, yeah, so I have a collection of garments, like a collection that I'm making for KatsuCon, and I've basically been working with my models to get all their info for that. Um, I, yeah, I've basically been focused on that right now and sleeping when I'm not doing that and then eating and repeat. That is the life, the exciting life of an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I, I played uh, Need a Packet, which is a dystopian mm -hmm. game that is by the same maker of uh, Packet, uh, Papers, Please, and Blind Boris. So oh. I've been playing through some new horror games, which is super fun. We've, we've mentioned Papers, Please a lot on here. Um, it's one of uh, Ari's uh, go-to for references. And given how this how this this country has been the last few months, I ain't surprised. It's, it's real. It's real. No, when I first started playing just the series, even, it was way too, like, it was, it was so real. It was scary, in a way, which is one reason. I like the existential horror utopian dystopia kind of thing mm -hmm. so i like those kind of games um so i've i've gotten both the good ending and the very bad ending so now i just have to work on all the other ones but that's been my weekend day awesome so. awesome now this whole cat to crunch thing i mean i'm in a few of the uh cat uh cosplay groups and a couple of the cats groups people are announcing their lineups as early as september and i'm just like Y'all need to chill the fuck out. It's way too far in advance. But I already know cool. I already know that I'm gonna be going to Anime USA, so No, people yeah. were they start planning their cosplay as soon as the convention is over. I pay no attention to that. I, as, I usually... like as soon as ZenkaiCon ended yeah. this this past year, people were already posting in the groups. Oh my god, next year I'm gonna do this. Who wants to be in a group I, with me? I was hard. I I I rolling my eyes on that. I'm like, y'all need to chill. But I usually have a five year plan, and the yep. biggest reason is because I sew for my job. Mm -hmm. I have to plan around sewing for my job, and See, because I regularly do between two to five like fashion walking shows where I have to dress models of different sizes and stuff. I have to plan that far in advance. And I know, especially with like students or people who have nine to five jobs where they have to plan around it, plus plan a budget and stuff. Right. Sometimes those costumes are just, you know, parts and pieces that they've been gathering for years. 
and they're just putting it together for the convention. So, like, to me, it's normal, but I know that that's not normal for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I understand it, but I'm just like, you need to calm down. But I'm just saying, this is coming from somebody who plans out maybe four months in advance, maybe six tops, depending on how things are going. And according to Chaos Yume, her next con is MAGFest, which I get, because that's two months away, you know. And that's what I've been hearing from a lot of people after after Anime NYC. It's either MAGFest or Katsu, so. I, I'm thinking we might check out MAGFest in 2021. Mm. So if you're going to be there in 2021, let me know. It just so happened that uh, the Hunger Games occurred. And then, like, that to me is just crazy. So we're going to, maybe if we go this year, we'll go, or 2020, we'll go for one day. Right. But um, I'm not sure uh, if we'd go for the whole weekend this coming year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, um, I've done MAGFest twice. Mako did it once with us earlier this year. It's a fun convention, but for me, it's a little overwhelming because it is four days. I mean, I will say, in four days... MAGFest has so much stuff going on that some cons can't even. It's like, they're, they're doing all this in four days. You're doing all this in four days. I think this is the better value. I, she, Maka will tell you, Friday night, coming back to the room, I'm like, I think I need to start packing. And she's like, it's only Friday. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, because it is a festival. So they have no. a lot of things... That, that branch off as opposed to just... I feel like instead of just like having one or two or three lines of educational panels and stuff, they're much more focused on the fact that it is gaming and like the festival feeling and they have other events going on. I have friends who regularly vend at MAGFest mm -hmm. and I, I know that they enjoy it and it's a good uh, event. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of want to go and check it out but I've also already had, like, negative interactions about it. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'll go check it out right. if I want to. But if we're not really planned to go, I've already got, like, four shows lined up for no, next it's, year. No, no, it's not even so. that. It's, it, no, it's not even how it is. It's just that Thursday is when the con starts. To me, Thursday is day zero. The day to kick back, relax, settle in, meet up with some friends, and then hit the pavement hard. Not where, um, it's, all right, we're here Thursday, let's unwrap, let's get things going, hit the, hit the pavement hard, you know, so, it just, well, consider, it's, it's just that, uh, I guess I've yeah. been to bigger conventions before, because, like, Dragon Con mm -hmm. already starts on, like, the Tuesday before I the know, event. That, that, that would kill me, y'all, <laughs> y'all would have to, so, like, y'all would drag me, y'all put me in a stretcher and just take me back to the hotel room and be like, I I'm done. Yeah, and, and last year I actually had an illness that actually made me bedridden for the whole of Saturday. So, like, it is a big convention and it will take a lot out of you. Um, so, you know, I am looking forward to maybe going back to Dragon Con next year as well. But I definitely, for as far as MAGFest goes, four-day events are not really that intimidating to me anymore. So Yeah, the, the four days wasn't my issue with MAGFest. My issue with MAGFest was definitely um, when those four days occurred. Because having the... Um, basically the holidays mm -hmm. and then the convention right then and there. It was like, I 
was not ready for it. I had not even gotten through the holidays before. Oh, here's a convention. Yeah. yeah. And that's the really rough time is around the holidays. I know everybody's getting ready for them now. It's basically a power run from the end of Halloween, like to, from Halloween until New Year's. And everybody spent all their money by that point. So like between partying from, you know, Halloween to Thanksgiving and then spending all the rest of whatever you have mm -hmm. on Christmas gifts or making, you know, items for people or Hanukkah or any other, you know, holidays, Friendsgivings even, um, you know, it's really rough because if you've planned all this other stuff and you haven't really considered the next year or have the have the budget to because some people just don't have the budget to think about hey you know the holidays are over now i'm going to go to this big convention that's you know yeah some people but, can do it but and yeah. i give them all the respect in the world now as for my weekend day it was good i was at anime nyc for two days uh two and a quarter days i was there for the concert i had to do a quick shift at work sunday morning but everything worked out for the best so i'm okay with that uh, that's basically has been my weekend day. It's just, just getting prepped and you can't see, but o over here, there's still some leftover stuff from the con. I need to kind of put away and organize and stuff. It's like back here behind the gaming chair is like my little mess of what, of what, of what everything is. So, you know, yes, in our chat room here at, um, Twitch TV slash anime jam session is that, um, DLX75 says, bring back Ari Rockefeller. But as I believe I said at the top of the show, due to his work schedule, he is unable to join us tonight. So next time he has a free moment, free time, he'll come on through. He's working hard, making that paper, and I'm proud of the boy. So that's how we do. All right. Next up is Weekly Nerd Swag, where every week, it used to be week Geek Shirts, but... We show off something nerdy that's pretty cool that we want everyone to share. So, now for you, Ichigo, you're going to have to submit a picture. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, but, you know. I mean, I can just post one in chat if go, people are interested. Go for it. Uh, I, I don't really have anything new and nerdy. Um... I, yeah, I haven't really been out of my house. Hey, guys, it's me, the Hikikomori. Mm -hmm. It was me, Dio. Ha, ha, ha. Um, yeah, I just, I I geek out over my sewing machine, and oh, that is a go. cosplay material, and you can see a picture of that, and it is an embroidery machine, and I love it, and I pet it, and I name it George, and it does <laughs> all the stuff I really, I really need it to do. So, um, yeah. And I embroider with it for costumes and stuff. So that's my nerdly, nerdy swag. Because I am a sewing nerd. So mm. it works. Okay there, uh, Mako-chan. What are you showing off? Um, yeah, so... I've got a new pop figure. <laughs> I noticed. I kind of want one. Yeah, um, the place that I ended up getting it from... Uh, I ended up pre-ordering it when it first... Uh, came out months and months back uh, that particular one you were unable to choose because there is um, a secondary one mm -hmm. like as you can see he is holding a crocodile in this one but there is also one where he is holding the turtle from his zoo 
Um, and that was basically just, um, you know, you would get whatever one they gave you kind of thing. The, the one with the turtle just had a very small amount. Um, but I'm very happy to have the crocodile because he is the crocodile hunter. And uh, I miss Steve Irwin. We all do. We all do. All right, let me just finish this up. Now, my uh, weekly nerd swag is the official Guilty Kiss shirt that I got from Anime NYC. Um, I got to the con, and right before the concert, there was a table for swag, so I went and bought a shirt. And I went in, and I saw everyone with this Guilty Kiss shirt, and I was able to pick it up at the Namco Bandai booth the following day, which I'll talk about that later. Um, I will say I was glad I got this shirt ahead of time because after the concert out, there was a redonkulous long line. The only thing that sucked that it was cash only. Now, if I can sh show off the back, um, actually, you know what? Instead of me turning around like this, I am going to take the shirt off real quick and show you the back of it. Please, no throwing of the dollar bills. And this is the back of the shirt, which is pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the Ramones uh, logo, you know? Alright, give me one sec. Okay, all right. So if you're not in our chat right now, x 75 commanded to throw his EBT card. I, I, I just want you to know something. Most EBT cards do have, now have a Visa and MasterCard logo on it. So it ain't too far from the truth, okay? I'm not saying I've seen somebody do it. I mean, go to a con with the card, but it is plausible. Just saying, it is plausible. Anywho, now that we got that out of the way, let, let's talk Anime NYC. Now, um, our reporter, La Chocola Cosplay, she has a con report up. Um, it will be published later this week. She did a full review of the con. Me, I did a partial review because of the work I was doing. So we'll probably get through this pretty fast, give or take, and then we'll get to some articles that we were supposed to cover last week and all that good stuff and other important stuff that was missed while we were gone so let, let's talk um friday excuse me i wanted to kind of leave work early for the con but i didn't have any ot um pto for it so i was like you know what screw it i'll just go straight for the concert so i will say the concert was amazing you had True, Zach, Jam Project, and Guilty Kiss. Seeing Jam Project up on stage and performing, it kind of reminded me of seeing um, Alice Cooper up there just, just performing because of one of the because of one of the singers. It, it was just great. It was just 
the outfits. My mind was literally blown. But I will say, even though each group up there had like a big round of applause, Guilty Kids, the second uh, group in the for the concert, literally tore the house down. And hearing them perform Guilty Kiss live, it just made my day. I kind of, yeah, yes, as Wild Spice says, the concert was the bomb. Yes, yes, it was. I kind of wish I had brought my my uh, light stick with me because I, I have one from the Sailor Moon uh, event that we went to earlier this year. The colors would more or less would have worked, but, you know, yes. Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, Wild Spice says the song at the end was awesome. I forget the name of the song, but it was an ending song done by Jam Project, but it was Jam Project, Zach, True, and Guilty Kids all performing it together. It, it was great. I think it was called Skylar Shining Star or something like that. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Starting Style. Thank you, Bob. Starting Style. Yes. I did get some photos on Friday, but... You know, it is what it is. It's mostly uh, Guilty Kiss cosplayers, which I will say, it was so many um, Mari and Johanne cosplayers. I was perfectly okay with this. Whereas on Saturday, it was basically 99% uh, Demon Slayer. Okay. So, there was one issue with the concert that I did find out afterwards. It seems that there was somebody, a, a con goer, it in a wheelchair who couldn't get proper access to the concert to see everything, which, and then when they tried to uh, get help for it, a volunteer was basically being a total dick about it. So, I will say, you know, that was uncalled for, and I can say that the con chair has addressed this issue personally, and it will be resolved, or if it has not been already. It was just it was just something crazy I had seen on uh, on Twitter. Someone had passed it to me. You know, can't be everywhere, but still, you know, if you have somebody, you know, with special needs, physical, whatever, you, know, you gotta properly help them. You gotta properly accommodate and not be a total dick about it. Hopefully, those volunteers have learned their lesson and most likely will not be back to help the con next year. Moving right along, um, Saturday. Again, I did not check out any panels because I was walking around taking pictures of everybody or everybody that I possibly could. Now, one thing I've noticed about a lot of conventions with the cosplay, it tends to be more of the flavor of the week. In other words, whatever anime is popular that year, you will see maybe 90% of cosplayers from that series. 75 to 90%. Anime NYC was slightly different. I mean, yes, there was a lot of Love Live and Love Life Sunshine and Demon Slayer cosplays, but it wasn't the majority. I would say it was more like 50%. There was a really nice mix of current and old school cosplays there. There was even a boy-type and girl-type Ranma running around. And as it was said to me by a friend of mine, that Saturday there was a shampoo and a Ryoga. So I was like, oh, man. I wish I had gotten a chance to see that. I would have loved it. 
Now, one th thing I like about Anime NYC, because it's in the Chavitz Center, it, it, the area's huge. It's a, even though it may look crowded, but for real, for a con that's, that hit 40,000 people, walking through the dealer's hall, it wasn't so bad. There was still a lot of breathing room to walk around it. So I was happy about that. My only issue was downstairs, right by coat check, there's a section for cosplay meetups. Basically, this is where all the photo shoots happen. Because there's a lot of photo shoots that happen, a lot of cosplay photographers will show up and set up shop all over and start taking pictures. As a cosplay photographer, I get that. I understand that. But I don't think that they should be there in that area just for um, cosplay meetups. I would You mean, was it that they were like camped out like they yes. do kind of at Anime USA where they like have their lights set up and yes. they have all their other stuff? Yes. Okay, see that's something with like variation and enforcement from con staff mm -hmm. because depending on the location, I know with the Gaylord and certain hotels in this area in DC, um, you're not allowed to even have tripods on the right. floor, and I know you know that. Yes. Um, interestingly, but, interestingly yeah, enough, that's on ridiculous. A, interestingly enough, on a side note, that same rule is actually in effect for Zenkai Con, unless you have a media pass. Which is anything. Which is interesting. Yes. And as Wild Spice says, not a fan of the setups. Not, not a fan of park your lights. I would rather that they set up an area for photographers to set up shop and just go there. Like at, at um, Castle Point, there was a guy who had a space open just for photographers to take pictures. And a lot of photographers were in that area which opened up the rest of the convention center for you to walk around and do stuff, which is great. Or you've got the alternative of that, where they set up in one of the most coveted places for photos, like at Anime USA, the Room of Mirrors. If anybody's been to Anime USA, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. They basically camp out to the point that no other photographers, amateur photographers, or even cosplayers can just go into that space and get selfies without feeling, I don't know, like intimidated mm -hmm. or alienated or in a, in like they're encroaching yes. on somebody's area. And the mm -hmm. problem is it's in the hotel proper. So staff can't really enforce it because it's not under, you know, the con purview, right. but mm -hmm. that's another issue yes. altogether. Yes. Now, like I, yeah, they, I'm hoping next year they can set up an area just for photography, like you go down there and you go. I'm still a proponent, I guess it's a proper word, for pr people setting setting up shop like that must have a media badge or or a photography badge. Because because um, let let's be real here. At least eighty percent of the photog photographers that show up, they're just there to pad their portfolio, pad their website, and not really check out much of anything else. So, and as and well in, I was gonna say, yeah, and in the case of like Anime USA and cons where lobbies and stuff mm -hmm. aren't, you know, policed as much, especially mm -hmm. at Katsukon, this is pretty prevalent that photographers will just come in, 
for that one or two photo shoots and they'll completely ghost the convention yeah. anyway. So that that's no bueno. Yeah, but given how how it's set up in the Javits, you know, most people are there for 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 the swag. So I get that. Now, as Wild Spice says, I'm a natural light photographer, so I can move around. But indoors, it's a little hard during the day for an empty spot. And I will say, the lighting at the Javits is really good. And there are some locations where not so much. And you have to adjust on the fly. And remember that if it's, that depending on where you're standing, you've got to do that quick adjustment. You know? And then, and then, yes, Colossal does have photographer's badges. That's what I was pulling from. And also, I've been saying that even before Colossal Con even started putting that out. I believe Anime Week in Atlanta does the same thing as well. Now, let's talk to one of the fun parts of Anime NYC. My meet and greet with Guilty Kiss. So, last Sunday, I'm seeing on Facebook that people have won um, autograph sessions or meet and greet sessions. You know, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I totally forgot about that. Eh, I'll enter next year. Check my email. I was a lucky winner for, for it, and I literally lost my shit, as some of y'all may have seen. Mm-hmm. So, I, now, this is one thing I hate. When you're on the line, and someone's like, they have their friends jump on the line, and it's like, oh, we're just standing right here. Okay. If it's a simple meet and greet, I'm okay with that if your friends jump the line. Because you're going to be in and out in under 30 seconds anyway. I got there about 11.30, and I was out by 12.20, so I didn't mind. I was good with that. So, we went through, and I can, she actually loved the outfit, I guess, the outfit I was wearing. I, so some of y'all may have seen on the, on this show here, I have a shirt that's similar to, uh, oh, to, the, to that one group from New Japan. Why, why, why am I blanking out on this? Well, it says Fallen Angel, uh, yeah, thank you, Bullet Club. I have a, uh... Love Live Bullet Club shirt that says Fallen Angel, uh, Yoshika Tsushima on it, and she loved it. Now, I also have a similar matching purple hoodie with Yohane symbol on that my sister Holly made. So I'm wearing that as I come in doing the meet and greet, and she and she loved it. And I saw the expression on her face. I was like, my day was made. My absolute day was made. And now, this is something else. I was I was kind of cackling to myself about that. There were guys on the line. They had like speeches. They were they had like little speeches they was going to read off to um to the voice actresses and the singers when they, for the meet and greet. And I'm just sitting there going uh, it's a meet and greet. You do not have time to profess your love to these to these women. You do not have time for this. Just move it along. In a way, I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, it was like, you know, it is what it is. So, and as Bob Coffey says, you have 30 seconds at best, and that's what it was. So, and speaking of Bob Coffey, I have known this guy for 20 years, at least, online. We have been friends going way, way, way back. 
this was the first time we actually got a chance to actually meet up after all this time. And I, it might not have shown on my face because I was walking around doing a lot of stuff, but I was legit excited to meet my boy from the West Coast because this was a long time coming. So, Bob, I am so happy that I got a chance to meet you and hang out with you for a few minutes. I know we had our own set schedules and so forth, but it, it was well worth it. I'm so glad I met you. Seriously, dude. Seriously. Now, let, let, let's get to the one part of the con that all of y'all know I really love more than anything else. And that's the masquerade. Ichigo, you, you might enjoy what I have to say. You might pick apart what I have to say. So you might you might want to sit down and, 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 and grab your knitting needles, child. Well, I do have a new chair from a studio straight for sitting. Start your story off there, and I have some... Um, well, I don't have tea, but I have water, mm. so we'll spill a little agua today. All right. Now, if you've gone to conventions, whether it's a video game, anime, comic, sci-fi, and so forth, the big thing is the masquerade. Now... Another big thing about it is the time. Usually masquerades will start between 5 and 7, give or take. The masquerade itself is generally within a, I would say maybe a 2-hour block, 3-hour block tops. And this will include seating, the event itself, a halftime show, the judges' awards, and that's it. The masquerade started at 8 o'clock. I think that was a little bit late for masquerades. The masquerade itself didn't start until close to 9. Masquerade, Lord. I don't know where you got that from. I don't remember calling it that. So, the first hour is basically uh, Anime NYC of... Uh, Shilling for Bang Dream Girls Band Party, which is a fun game I've played on, on your mobile phone. And they were showing um, clips of various Lance's Matsuri concerts, which was really cool. You know, and I got some video footage of, of some people singing along, showing off their glow sticks and so forth, and that was great. Another thing that can also make a convention is your MC. You gotta have somebody that can kind of keep it going and make things go. Like, for, if you are been around cons around here, it's generally been Uncle Yo, who has done a lot of uh, masquerades. He always starts things off with an amazing speech about the con, the masquerade, and the cosplayers. And it just gets everybody uh, heartfelt and going. So. Well, I don't remember the, guy, the, the names off the top of my head. They got the hosts of a YouTube series called Getting the Robot. And if you couldn't tell, the, the guy and the girl who run this sh uh, YouTube show are big fans of Neon Genesis Evangelion. I get it. When you are a fan of something and you want to be a part of it, 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 gets, it goes through you. You want to be a part of it so much. Now, sometimes if you're a fan of it, you can kind of overham or just kind of veer 
purely by incident, by accident. At first, I was not a fan of these two people hosting the, the masquerade, but they grew on me. It was just going on and on and on and on. It wasn't really, like, the little conversations weren't really entertaining for me. And there was a lot, and there was some heckling from people in the audience during that for them. And depending on how I edit the video, you might hear it um, when I post it on YouTube uh, later this week or later next week. So you had, I'd say, I think you had about 10 to 15 skits. Most of them were music-based skits. And they were fun. And of course, we had a Love Live skit. We also had an Idol Master skit. And we also had a Hatsune Miku skit. And I was kind of surprised about that because the I guess I don't remember the song. But it wasn't something typical of Hatsune Miku, but it was really good, and the skit was pretty was pretty dope. So after that, they had the uh, Bang Dream contest, and that was kind of, that was fun. Five, I think it was five to six people who entered part of Walk On. That was great. Now, one thing about masquerades: the easiest way to buy time is to have your performances first, have your walk-ons, and then you have your judges to come out and hand up and call out to the winners. It's starting to become an interesting trend to have the walk-ons first. Now, they did have the walk-ons, and they did have the judges on stage behind the table. Now, I will say, I like the fact that the hosts introduced the judges as they came out on stage. Because most uh, masquerades or cosplay shows or whatever, they will introduce the hosts, like the judges. And the judges is just waving from their table in the front. And if you're all the way in the back, you have no idea who it is. Now, granted, uh, they are doing, you have cameras recording this. And um, and they do, you will see them on the big screen, but sometimes it's not so much. Because a lot of times, a lot of judges do have amazing cosplays that they're wearing as they're judging. And you, and between you and me, I like to see what it is. Because I'm like, that's awesome. So, you had your, your walk-ons. You had your skits. One of, the, one of the MCs was basically going off on a tangent about being a comedian. Fine. We get that. But he didn't have to go that far off the tangent. And it didn't help the fact that the audience was trying to get him to sing either the opening theme to SpongeBob SquarePants or Cruel Angel's Thesis. Was he at least funny? This comedian? I give him a 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you go to their YouTube page, uh, Getting the Robot, you can see them. You can see, see them in action, but, you know. I'm just like, eh. and now as Wild Spice is telling us that the Vocaloid group they compete a lot. I have I I have not seen them in around here, so I actually know one of the people in that skit. So good on them. I think that was kind of cool. Now the judging the awards was no typical than any other masquerade. You know you had. Uh, first, second, third, best in each category, best 
best in show. What surprised me was the fact that a Hatsune Miku skit beat out the Love Live and the Idol Master skit for best in show. I will say, the costumes were good. The music was great. The choreography for the, for the dancing was amazing, which I can kind of see. I've always said that, you know, when it comes to these idol groups that are doing performances on stage, instead of emulating what you see in the anime, why don't you just grab a song and do your own uh, choreography? Grab something from a different show or something and put it together. Have fun with it, you know? Okay, Wild Spice, you were probably a little bit up closer than I was for the craftsmanship, which is what I couldn't see, but you know me. I'm all about stage presence and performance. And they had that. They absolutely had that. Which is why which is why I was quite surprised which is why I was not surprised, but yet surprised at the same time they walked with Best in Show. Theo, I am working on photos. They will be up hopefully uh sometime next week. I am pouring through a lot of them. And as Wildspy says, it comes down to craftsmanship, I feel, in those cases with idol groups. Which is true. Because a lot of idol groups that perform, 99% of the time, they are making these costumes. Yes, you can go and buy them, but if you can make them, do it. Because, I mean, if you pick one of these idol animes, the character has at least 15 different costumes, and the whole group has matching costumes, so you got to roll together with that. So, anywho, the masquerade started they, uh, everything in at 8 o'clock. It went to 11.30. I'm just like, y'all got to wrap this up. I kind of wish I had the box that said wrap it up, and I just wanted to hold it up, not for the masquerade, but for the MC that kept... They kept it going because they kept they were continuously buying time, and the com and his comic styling was very eh, at best. Now, Sunday when I got there, I got there later in the afternoon. It, you would think that for Sunday of a convention, it wouldn't be as crowded. Mm, nah, was it like that at all? Nope, 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 nope. I will say Sunday was, it wasn't packed like a like a Saturday, it wasn't packed like a Friday, but it was slightly more, as if you know you're getting there Saturday morning around 11, 30, 12, give or take around that time when it's kind of popping with that many people. That's how Sunday was. I got some more great uh, photography. Um, the the meetup area was was still kind of big and bloated full of people with their uh with their light stands and so forth you know and they are looking to expand you know space for the con now i will say i and i and i'll say and i'll say this the con itself was great i i enjoyed it i really didn't mind the commute back and forth i like the fact that when you walk in the main area of art, uh, the dealer's hall is the dealer's room, artist alley, the game room, which I jumped in and checked out, which I like the fact that it's, held, that it's, being, that it's being run by Tokyo Attack. They, it's like they know how an anime, how anime con game room should be run. You walk in 
and you see uh, DDR, Dance Masters, a lot of beat and rhythm games. Um, I, I, for a con like this, there was no console gaming, but it was just a lot of Japanese-based uh, rhythm, dance, driving games. That I loved. That, to me, is what a game room is. I mean, you could have a game room without it, but it just adds on and it just makes it so much better. And you had the car show right there. Uh, towards the back behind the uh, artist alley area. You you had the autographs area. That was great. Everything was lined up for everyone to check out. I like the fact that you can get real food in the in the dealer's hall. I'm I mean, you had go go curry there, slinging curry. You had a booth slinging actual yakisoba. You had a booth slinging actual poke bowls. And yes, I will say the prices of the food was maybe one to two dollars more than you would pay at the actual restaurant. But the price of the sodas would probably would kill you. I mean, four seventy five for a, for a Coke. I just drank water the whole weekend because I'm like, I'm good. And yeah, the Gogo Curry line was always to eternity, but it wasn't so bad. And I will say, you know, I did. I was one of the people who did have issues with with cell service. And some people say it's because you're on T-Mobile. Look, everybody had issues with cell service up in the Javits Center. They just need to add some micro cells within the area to make it a little bit easier. Because when I walk out, my phone exploded with messages. And I'm just like. I will say this, if you are local to NYC, hell, if you're like two, three hours out, this you should definitely come in and check this convention out. You are going to have a great time. You are also going to love the variety of cosplays at the convention because like it's a nice, diverse mix. You're going to meet some great friends. You're going to have a good time. You're gonna love it, really. Now, I did not—I didn't even realize this till I was um, on Twitter. But the Anime NYC does not have a feedback panel. I am hoping for 2020 at 4 or 5 p.m. they have like a closing ceremonies and feedback panel. I think that will be great. There were some other minor issues I had with the con from my view, but that. I am not going to discuss here because it's not either the time nor the place, but it is what it is. And Bob Coffee just hit the nail on the head. A Anime NYC is cool because it has the small con feel with big guests. Well, I mean, you also you also got to take into consideration when it comes to anime dubs, it's New York, Texas, and California, the big three. So it's not hard to get some really awesome big name dub guests. I will say that the concerts was amazing. I mean, in comparison to AX, Characon, Otakon, and Anime NYC, the Matsuris, Otakon, y'all need to step your game up. That's all I'm saying. And I understand that it is more expen is a lot more expensive to fly a guest from Japan to the East Coast. But 
anime just, NYC just, did it. Just to, I was going to say, just mm-hmm. to get back to you, Adam, yeah. uh, Otakon was actually one of the first to host the Lantis concert collection, so... They did it in Vegas, and they've done it recently in years prior. It's just it hasn't hosted the same bands because Lantis is a festival that celebrates multiple bands. So they do do it. No, but what I'm saying is the type, the, the, the names, like the performers, you know. It's it's like, you know, these other cons have like the big name ones that everyone's losing their, their minds over, whereas Otakon's like, well... We got this, you know? That's what it kind well, of feels like. That's yeah. the thing is, though, is that Otakon has had Jam Project. Actually, Jam Project has come back multiple times. Multiple times because he enjoys the con so much. Mm-hmm. And actually, back when we were in the Baltimore Convention Center, he was there a lot. I, I feel like there are a lot of instances coming up where cons are getting pulled under the rug for not doing things other conventions are doing, but they've done them years before. Because I've seen other friends like putting other cons on blast for not like having repair stations and all this other stuff when they've had them for years. See, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, it's cool that cons have repair stations and stuff. One of the things that bothers me is that like some site will feature this one cosplayer, this one group that's doing these cosplay repairs and everybody will see it on Facebook and talk about how great this is. Why can't other cons do this, this and that? And I'm just sitting here going, these other conventions do this. The only difference is this was a random fluke that someone got picked out for the pot. And, and, and they got viral. Yes. They got viral for it. That's and and the same thing back to Lantis is that Lantis has a collection of talent mm-hmm. and they rotate through it. And when you have a convention yeah. and, you know, I don't know if Otacons had Guilty Kiss yet. No, they have. But they have. They have had other bands that are in similar vein and in similar height back when, uh, I guess, the movement of, like, punk and stuff was popular and the Japanese bands they had. I mean, they've they've had big names. A lot of it is just the time of year, the contracts you can get, and then also budget. It is a cost. I I, I know. I get that. I get that. It is a huge cost. Yeah, and it's also the flavor of the week slash keeping up with the Joneses. It's an exactly like AX got all of Aquars. Otakon goers are like, we want Aquars. Well, we got this, but we want Aquars, but we got this. Anime NYC is like, we don't have Aquars, all of them, but we got Guilty Kiss. And, you know, and the fans rejoice, you know. There you go. And there are going to be events where they just so happen at the right time, at the right place, with the right resources, are able to provide what the fans are looking for. But a lot of that, too, I think, has to play in the fact that fans will pay for what they want to see. But the problem is, unless the con has the funds to get exactly what they want, sometimes cons miss out. See, now now, now there's a catch on that. Now, this is something that... um one of our staffers was discussing and it's becoming a popular trend. It's like, if you go to an anime con, it's a given. Autographs are free. You show up with shit and you get it signed. It's free. You go off and you're happy. Comic conventions, sci-fi conventions, those guests, it, the autographs will range between 20 to $40, depending on what, on what it was. It's starting that trend is starting to change where it's happening with anime cons. There are fans that are upset that anime uh, voice act, dub voice actors are charging for autographs. Look, I, I get it. 
I understand how, you know, you, you were looking forward to all of this. But if the con is able to get 15 guests at a lower price so that they can charge, so the guests can charge $25 or $30 per autograph, they can bring you more guests that way as opposed to like five guests and spending like $3,000 or something like that, you know? So it was, you know, so it's, it's, it's like that. And, and I get it. And I understand some cons it's free. Sometimes you gotta, you, you just gotta pick and choose your battles. Really? That's basically what it boils down to picking and choosing your battles. Now, I do understand the general consensus of people saying how Anime NYC is the East Coast equivalent to um, Anime Expo. I have never been to AX. I really don't have a desire to go to AX because of the, the sheer number and the crowd. But I have friends who have gone and told me what it's like. I have friends who have gone to AX that went to Anime NYC who have said that. And I'm just like, okay, I, I see that. I see your point on that. You know, and maybe, you know, we're hoping that Anime NYC doesn't have, fall into similar issues as AX or other cons, but things happen. Overall, Anime NYC is a great convention. I'm Even though next year's dates are out for November, I'm hoping in 2021 they can move the convention to September when it's a little bit nice, a little bit warmer out. Because all you cosplayers cosplaying in that cold over the weekend, y'all are the real MVP. I don't think I could have done it. If I did, it probably would have been a very simple cosplay like Jotaro Kujo if I had it or Gardabelle. But in that cold, I wouldn't have done it. Y'all are the real MVPs on that. Y'all are breathtaking. Simple as that. Yeah, I saw a couple of uh, my friends that were there cosplaying and I saw their outfits and I'm just like, yeah, better you than me. Mm -hmm. Show enough. Yeah, one of my friends ended up going a Tsunade on Sunday, I think. Wait, 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 and wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. You're, I think I got a picture of her. Possibly. She was uh, hanging around with a uh, Jiraiya, too. I didn't. Is it? Candy Doom Bunny? No. Okay. Then I might. No, I didn't see. I. I don't think I saw a Jiraiya. But I, if I didn't take the picture of the Tsunade, I did see her. Cause I do know. I did. I think I did grab pictures of a Tsunade on Saturday. I'll have to check. I'll have to check the art, my photos, and take a look in there. You know. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm just saying it's a it's a great convention. So. Definitely check it out. If you if, if the crowd is a little bit too much for you, seriously, just go on a fr go Friday or Sunday. It won't be as bad, but you'll still enjoy it and have a great time. So, and as for content, um, next couple of days I'll be continuing to work on the photos, and I should have it up soon. The masquerade's been recorded. That'll be up on our YouTube page soon. So. That's my Anime NYC 2019 review in a nutshell. 
sounds like it was a super fun time. So I am very interested. I don't know if we'd be able to check it out in 2021, but definitely in the future. Mm. Well, I mean, they're still developing the area, so I'm hoping they put in a hotel like literally across the street. Because if they do that, I have no problems booking a room just for Saturday night. All right, so let's get into um, tonight's uh, news. All right. Uh, as you know, um, things have happened in the Vic Mignona lawsuit that you know we weren't around for, but we wanted to touch up on it briefly. So, Mako-chan, if you could. Okie dokie. So the uh, the briefness, basically, that um, Funimation, along with the voice actresses and uh, the fiance, um, basically are attempting to recoup their costs, mm-hmm. um, the various... Uh, legal costs and sanction costs and things like that. So a motion was filed um, that was, let me see. Uh, So a motion was filed at the beginning of the, actually the end of October. Um, The motion argues that Funimation is entitled to recover its attorney's fees and costs uh, from Vic under the Texas Citizens Participation Act. The motion included copies of invoices that detail the requested fees and costs. Um, I do also know that uh, Monica, Jamie, and Ron are also going to be uh, filing motions um, basically to also dismiss his appeal uh, because he is obviously attempting to appeal because, you know, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, yes. So the appeal was filed on October 24th. The motion argues that the Tarrant County District Court only has jurisdiction on appeals for final judgment due to the original order granting the motion to dismiss the claim requiring the defendants to submit evidence to the court to support claims uh to support claims for attorney fees, costs, and other expenses, uh, the order is not final. In addition, the Texas Civil Practices and Remedies Code does not provide an appeal to, uh, an appeal of the order. Mm-hmm. So a hearing is going to be going on. Um, that is set for November 21st. So obviously we will be getting a couple of more updates on you know various things that are going on. But hopefully uh, this is, you know, winding down to the end of it. Oh, by the way, uh, Mako, your webcam went out. I'm not surprised. It's on its last legs, isn't it? No, this is the one that you gave me. Like I said, it's on its last legs. Yeah, but the one that I have was doing the same thing. Mm. And that one was brand new. Maybe it's a driver or something. I've been getting driver errors with my cameras too, it but might, might be the board. Um, 
Yeah, Rama's coming over for Thanksgiving, so he's got the full weekend to play around and find out what the hell is going on. Yeah, I think it's... a mother. I was gonna say a motherboard and a mother of a feast. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I, I think um, I think next year we should look into um, overhauling that machine. And for what you want to do, it won't. It'll cost a third of what I paid to upgrade mine. Well, that's what I figure. We've been talking about needing to uh, upgrade certain pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, until um, your webcam comes back up. I'm going to have to find a, a photo for to represent you, so. I wouldn't even worry about it, because it's already getting late, and I would really like to go to bed. Okay. All right. I was just trying to be nice and help out here, you know? She is fine with being a sentient Skype being. Mm. <laughs> Hello, Madoka. Oh, wait. Yeah. Mako and Madoka. Madoka. Yep. We'll go with that. Well, at, well, at least I'll give her the benefit of being Mandy from Grim Adventures for the rest of the There you go. <laughs> See, do you do you like that now? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the expression kind of matches. Indeed. She is done with all the shit. Yes. Yes, she I is. am. I am, definitely. Uh, Are we done with Vic's shit yes, for now? Yes, we're done with his shit. For now. I'm still getting cool. messages from so... people about it, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> if any of you are into traditional uh, Japanese theater, as well as Star Wars, you might be into what we have next. Star Wars is getting a one-day kabuki play with Ichikawa Ibizo, the... 11th as Kylo Ren. Ooh. I had to read Roman numerals, guys. It's as bad as cursive now. <laughs> um, November 28th, the play will portray the Skywalker's family of 40 years of love and loss. Ooh. To celebrate the upcoming Star Wars Rise of Skywalker film, the franchise will have a Kabuki stage play adaptation supervised by the and starring famed Kabuki actor Ichikawa Ebizo, the 11th, as Kylo Ren. The play will be a special one-day performance on November 28th in Tokyo, and it will be a three-act play that will use both traditional kabuki techniques and modern video technology. Ebizo stated that the kabuki play will portray love and loss spanning 40 years in the Skywalker family, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is billed as the end of the Skywalker saga and the last of the new trilogy that began in 2015 with Star Wars The Force Awakens, and it will open on December 20th. So it sounds really exciting, and I hope that they have some sort of stream or something like that, because I love No, and I love Kabuki, and I love all that kind of stuff. Mm. That's kind of what got me into Japanese culture in the first place. I would definitely check it out. I, I really would. That's. I, I seriously would. Maybe somebody will record it. We could find a stream of it online. Which reminds me, supposedly, supposedly, there is a copy of the concert floating around online. I'm hearing that somebody ripped the stream. I don't know. Personally, I honestly don't know where it is. But if you do, uh, you know the email address. You, you, you know how to find me. Thank you very much. 
I was just gonna say we can always check Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> I don't have Disney Plus, guys, but I've been seeing a lot of people being like, "And what's gonna come next on Disney Plus?" It's like, okay, and all right, we get it. And I find it amusing. People are complaining that some, that what's on there now is going to go away after a while. When they said everything is the last of us gonna be in rotation, it'll go away and it'll come back. Near? Far. God. Alright. And our last um, topic, uh, uh, story for tonight is about one of... An amazing voice actor. And I believe almost everybody here has heard of this person and grew up with this person hearing them. And that is um, Peter Cullen. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> right after I mentioned the freaking concert, a message just showed up in my inbox on Discord. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, kind person. Good Lord Almighty. Whew. Anywho, it seems that Peter Cullen, as we all know him, as the voice of Optimus Prime from Transformers, the original cartoon slash anime from the 80s and the and the live action of theatrical films he will be receiving a lifetime achievement award from the society of voice arts and sciences they announced this uh last week that he's going to be the proud recipient of this this event already happened but as goes the article it was going to be presented to him at the 6th Annual Voice Arts Awards Gala at the Warner Brothers Studio in Burbank, California. The Voice Arts Awards acknowledge the skill and artistry that goes into voiceover acting. Cullen, as I said, is known for voicing Optimus Prime throughout the Transformers franchise, which is the live-action films, the animated movie, the original cartoon series from the late 80s, early 90s, and an anime series called Transformers, That is really good. And I, I'm just like, wow, that, that is so awesome. I believe um, uh, Rhode Island Comic Con recently had Peter Cullen and um, and Frank Welker. And some of you know Frank Welker as Megatron, but he's also um, um, Fred from uh, Scooby-Doo. I, I, and I, I do have on my shelf here a steel box edition of Transformers the movie. And I know for a fact, if I had gone to Rhode Island Comic Con and gotten a ticket to get them to autograph this, I would have probably have cried like a baby being there for that because I remember seeing that movie in theaters. That's, that's just like part of my freaking childhood. So, All right. Now that we got that out the way, it's time for the part of the show that y'all really love because y'all like seeing... Most likely, my expressions um, in regards to the uh, to the topics. Meanwhile, in Japan, four oh four, Rodma not found. Her? <laughs> All right. Let, let's see what we got here. All right. <clears throat> I will take the second article. I will take the first one. 
I guess I have the last one. All right. We'll make it quick. We'll make it quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Ichigo, it's on you. All right, guys. Well, if you thought Big Brother was a great show, get yourself prepared for a chance at having a $1.20 hotel room with a huge no-privacy catch. Even if you're traveling by yourself, you'll never be alone since you're on a 24-hour live stream. Traveling in Japan can be surprisingly affordable. In recent years, a slew of new rail passes have made getting from point A to points B, C, and D far less expensive. At the same time, convenience stores, casual restaurant chains, and other locations have been rapidly improving the quality and variety of their food offerings. And hotels, though, seem to maybe be getting pricier due to the sustained domestic travel boom and Japan's rising popularity as a destination for international tourists. Mm. So we were surprised we found a hotel in Japan that offers a room for just 130 yen a night. Or, in U.S. dollars, that's $1.20. Located in Fukuoka City, business Ryokan Asahi, like the beer, is about 15 minutes walk from the Tenjin neighborhood, the town's primary shopping and entertainment area. What's more, the unbelievably cheap 130 yen rate isn't some middle-of-the-week special, but available on Fridays and weekends, too. Okay, so, there's gotta be some sort of catch, right? Yes, there is, and it's a big one. Or maybe we should call it a weird one. In any case, the stay in the 130 yen room, you have to agree to let the hotel live stream your stay on its YouTube channel. Oh, wow. To clarify, you don't have to be a famous YouTuber, influencer, or any other category of online personality, nor do you have to give a performance or really do anything that makes for compelling viewing while you're staying in the room. But that makes it weirder, right? You're essentially just exchanging your privacy for a cheap hotel room. (coughs) Facebook. (coughs) Google. (coughs) I mean, uh, robot overlords. What kind of weirdos would agree to those terms? I'm one of those weirdos, guys. That Ichigo is one of those weirdos. The weirdos at Sora News 24. That's who. We fearlessly fearlessly sent our Japanese language reporter, Masanuki, to check out the place. And so last Friday night, he was standing in the business Ryokan Asahai's lobby, checking in. As the clerk handed Masanuki the key, he reminded our reporter that the camera in his room would be constantly broadcasting and asked him to refrain from lounging around in the nude. Masanuki was agreeable to this stipulation because we don't pay him to get near and naked. That's what we pay Mr. Saito for. Making his way to the second floor and down the hall, Masanuki found himself standing in front of the room, room eight. What sort of weird, possibly kinky interior decor would be waiting for him in this voyeuristic accommodation? (laughs) On a totally normal... Oh, a totally normal Japanese-style guest room with a tatami reed flooring, a folded futon sleeping mat, a low table, a TV, and a hot water kettle. Clean and well-maintained, it looks like the kind of studio apartment a college student or someone starting their first job out of school might live in in Japan. Really, the only things that were weird was the coin-operated air conditioning unit, 100 yen for two hours, uh, which basically, if you're running it for four people, then you're paying for more for AC than you are the room itself. And of course, the web-equipped camera PC with the lens pointed right at the center of the room. Now, there are a couple things that make the alleviated potential awkwardness, you know, first off, like a lot of inexpensive ryukan, there's no in-room toilet or shower or private facilities. So instead, those are shared down the hall. 
and they are outside of the video broadcast area. Well, that's Second, true. the live stream is video only with no sound. So it's to both avoid copyright infringement and it means that no one will t hear you talking to yourself, humming, farting, or producing any other sort of audio. On the other hand, the compact dimensions of the room coupled with the simple traditional Japanese style furnishings means that when you're in the room, you're on camera. There's no blind spot or furniture to hide behind. So the whole world got to watch Masanuki brush his teeth. I will say, looking at the, the, the descript of the room, it's at least a third of the size of my apartment. At least. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, they're small rooms. Hotels in Japan, unless you go to a European-style hotel, which, if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to me on social media. I just got back from a trip in April. Um, while the camera is supposed to broadcast nonstop, on Masanuki's visit, the laptop glitched out at some point during the night, so viewers weren't treated to his entire stay, but the hotel plans to upgrade to more reliable, dedicated webcams in the future. Um, the reason they offer this package, why there's a 130 yen room, is because the room sat empty a lot. It was a room that people didn't rent out a lot. And the hotels, I think, has quite a few rooms, or they'll be setting up a few rooms in the near future that are going to have this offering. Mm -hmm. Because 130 yen is more than none. Um, it also spreads the word because it changes an otherwise ordinary can for most people into a viral one that's got some quirky thing going on, you know, weird things in Japan. <laughs> and <laughs> they don't do any uh, booking sites online. However, you can always contact the hotel directly and ask for the Yakusanjuen no Heya or the 130 yen room. All right. Would any of y'all would stay in that room? I would. I would. Uh, I stayed in a hostel in Japan in Kyoto. It was super fun. Uh, I probably would too. So. I mean, a for, lot for of it that is... cheap to be able to stay in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, hostels and stuff cost about forty-five dollars a night. But being on camera and stuff for like a dollar thirty—that's less than you'd spend on food in Seven Eleven. Um, that's less than, a, that's probably less than a rice ball costs at a kombini. Yeah. If I remember correctly, most rice balls I bought while I was there were like a dollar 60 to a dollar 70. So considering it costs you less than a meal to have a bed, mm -hmm. that's cool with me. Plus I wear freaky fashion. So that might even get more traffic to their there channel anyway. <laughs> Now, why? I don't think you want. I don't think it's really freaky. Come on, now you're giving you're giving some of our part, viewers and listeners the wrong ideas. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I. I think given most of what you would be wearing, it would garner a lot of traffic just so they could see the gaijin in the outfits. Yeah, that, I mean. I'm used to being stared at on the daily, so being put on camera being stared at, especially since there's no sound or anything like that, that I'm fine with that. I regularly do that my, to myself on Twitch, and I actually have to talk to people, so. And, and then you end yeah. up with um, with fan, fan letters that marked to Ichigo Summer. Oh my gosh, that would be so cute. I would love that to death. 
Okay. All right. Now, uh, now let's get to the next uh, story here. It's basically about the Tokyo Olymp Olympics allowing you to actually have an adult beverage. Not an adult beverage, a beverage. Yes, a beverage. Only one, though, which is... Well, I assume when they said drink, I thought it would be an adult beverage, but fair enough. <laughs> God. So while the so the Tokyo Olympics are less than a year away, and the main stadium was just completed, which I thought is really great, there's more excitement continuing to grow in the city as, as they're getting ready for all of this. So, one thing for sure, as through friends of mine who have lived and visit Japan during the summer, it gets hot. Dumb, really hot. The opening ceremony starts July 24th, and the closing ceremonies will end on August 9th. The games coincide with some of Japan's most sweltering weather patterns. So, basically, again, it's gonna be hot. It's not unusual for Tokyo's temperatures to go past 91 degrees, which is th or 33 degrees Celsius during the summer. So, there is gonna be issues, there may be issues of heat stroke for athletes and attendees. So you always got to keep yourself hydrated. But there is a limitation on bringing stuff into the arena. So this is where we have a bit of an impasse. But what has happened is that the Tokyo Olympics Organization Committee are allowing spectators to bring only one bottle beverage to the game. This may seem like another senselessly strict regulation in the same vein as the ban on fans posting videos that they record on social media from the from the Olympics. It's a, more of a relaxing of the regular rules. Now, the reason why they, they didn't want to originally is because of security and anti-terrorism purposes. And basically, because of that, past Olympic events and venues have not allowed people bringing outside drinks. You, whatever they had within the stadium, you had to use. Um, Tokyo Olympics is being a lot more accommodating in this. Now, what is interesting is that the organization committee is possibly considering handing out free bottles of waters to spectators once they're inside. This is still being worked on, but if this does happen, it, it will require the cooperation of the Coca-Cola company because they have exclusive drinking water vending rights for the Tokyo Games. Just for the thirst of it, Coke. Mm. Or in this case, Coke water. So that would be Dasani. Anywho, it's worth noting that the, currently there, there appears to be no restriction on how big the bottle can be. So, you know, you bring in like a big old two liter bottle of water, you know, that could probably work. But they might say, no, it has to be a 500 milliliter, which is the standard single person size, which is probably smaller than this. Yeah. Actually, it's about this. I'd say maybe about here, because this is a 591 milliliter bottle. So 500 milliliters would probably be maybe here, give or take. But also, while you're dealing with the water, you might want to look into investing in one of a into a special 
hat for the Olympics that the Tokyo governor is pushing to keep the sun off your head. And looking at the hat, it is not the most... It's an umbrella yeah. hat. I'd it's ridiculous. I'd probably wear it. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah. 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 All right, Mako-chan. Wrap it all up and bring it on home. So, staying in the vein of the Olympics, um, when all of this did first uh, start being announced and, you know, basically it was said uh, that they wanted to show Tokyo's, you know, continued growth in technology. Well, that growth in technology is basically ice. Um, as I said, in the same vein as the Tokyo Olympics allowing water, uh, they are trying to come up with different countermeasures for the heat. And one of them, as Rama said, was uh, this goofy hat. Uh, I know we have spoken about basically uh, the governor or uh, the people in charge uh, requesting that the areas, the, the, the businesses in the areas open their doors and blast their air conditioners. Um, so, yeah, not not the best, but their next one is basically a crap load of ice, ice 1300 ice. tons. That's basically, uh, it basically equates to about 38 large-sized tank trucks filled with ice. This is going to be divvied up and used in ice baths that will be installed at 100 event and practice venues for the athletes to be able to cool down. Um, because, as again Rama said, the temperature reaches 91 you know in that area but the humidity is at 100 percent um and it's humidity that kills you so on top of all of that and you know the technical advances of ice volunteers are going to be given bottles of water to stay hydrated they're going to be given salt tablets sweat pads instant coolants and ice cream uh, spectators are going to be uh, reaping the benefits of 20,000 square meters of tent coverage and one drinking fountain per 500 to 3,000 people. Yeah. Um, they're also going to be looking at uh, the Olympic sponsor Alibaba, who's going to be developing an app. Uh, so that everybody can monitor the heat indexes at the various venues to give real-time warnings for heat stroke. Mm. Um, just to give you a couple of numbers, with the various budgets, um, the previous budget for heat prevention stood at 4 billion yen, which is 36 million, split, split evenly between to Tokyo and the Olympic organizers. Now, thanks to the additional uh, stuff that they are attempting to do, that budget has swollen to a whopping $10 billion, meaning $91 million. 
And again, this is, you know, they had said in the beginning that they were going to, um, as it's quoted here, I want the world to experience all the technological and engineering marvels that Japan has to offer. And they're giving everybody umbrella hats and ice. (laughs) Ice, ice, baby. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I can't fault them just because knowing the heat indexes and all of that, they are already starting to change up location for some of the events that are happening. Right. Um, so now the marathon is going to be happening in Sapporo instead of in Tokyo, which is about a hundred miles away. Um, but yeah, so a lot of added expense and I don't know if anybody else actually follows the Olympics, but it's, well, it's a huge honor to actually win the bid for the Olympics. It basically puts the, uh, country and area into severe debt mm-hmm. to host the Olympics. Um, I mean, I don't know how many of you actually remember the Olympics that took place a couple years back in, um, in Greece. And, you know, they did the whole, you know, yay, the Olympics are in Greece again, la la la. Um, that put them into debt for almost a decade. And, and a lot of those spaces go unused after mm-hmm. they are used for the Olympics because no one uses an Olympic-sized pool. No one uses a, an Olympic-sized baseball field. Like, that, they just don't get put into normal use um, or in standard practice because they're not, they're not the size of a standard playing field. They're made for strictly for competition primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these, these fixtures and things like that are not they're not made to be like biodegradable or or easily taken apart once they're they're instituted and they're instituted permanently so mm. they they go into debt and then they also industrialize areas that wouldn't have otherwise had maybe any construction done to them or maybe slower like slower procedural you know mm. industrialization but yeah it it definitely makes it harder especially if you're a tourist coming in from out of town. I, I, I fear for Tokyo. <laughs> Honestly, I fear for Tokyo um, as far as the Olympics is happening. And I, I know you guys have heard me, if you've been with us for a while, talk about that, is that I, I do not think that they are, are quite as ready as they think they might be. Because if, if, I'm hearing chants of the weebs are coming, the weebs are coming. It's not so much not, the weebs are I coming. I know, I know. I know. But it's it's more so the rude tourists are coming. Rude tourists are coming, which will, is what killed yeah. off Harajuku's scene. Yeah. And the fact that while Tokyo and those areas may be a little bit more open to tourism, I honestly see a lot of negative experiences in the future. Mm-hmm. But I will say, at least when the, the Olympics were held in Atlanta, Georgia... <laughs> They were able to still use the arenas that was constructed for it. Some some of yeah. them are able to actually reuse the arenas for various things. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they will gut the arena and use it for specific sporting events. Um, but I know the ones in Japan. Um, 
some of them were abandoned and some of them were used as training facilities. I know some of the ones in the United States, uh, I know specifically the one that is in upstate New York at Lake, um, Lake Placid, mm-hmm. um, that was an Olympic stadium and all of that, that has now turned into one of the major winter training grounds for, um, not just the United States, but for other countries as well. So it really depends on, you know, not just what is being built, but mm-hmm. where it's being built. Uh, the stuff in Tokyo, honestly, I can't see them being able to use it very often after this. Um, the stuff that was built in Russia basically was abandoned before they even got there. Because it was halfway uh, constructed in the first place. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of this stuff is is basically, it's turned into training facilities, um, but some of it is so out of the way that it doesn't make for good training facilities. So, obviously, the stuff is uh, just left abandoned. Um, I know there are pictures floating around of... Uh, various courses from old Olympics that are overgrown and uh, basically deteriorated and abandoned and just lost to time and nature. And while it makes really pretty pictures, that's just a lot of wasted money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if you guys wanted to in chat, check out some YouTube videos on situations where these kind of facilities have become abandoned um, and overgrown and stuff like that. Um, but in general, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see that. Um, I mean, it's, it's a nice like gathering of nations to pit talents and athletes against one another, but there is a lot of waste. There's a lot of ecological, uh, you know, effects and stuff that go into the Olympics and we could go into this for hours, but, yeah, but let's not, cause you can check that out. On, on YouTube, I'm sure. Because because look at the time. Because yeah, it's, yeah. Time, it's time to wrap up and, yes. and get on out of here. Yeah, Mako-chan is tired. And Ron was a little t- tuckered out, too, because it's been a long weekend. And I'm still recovering, more or less. So, I just want to say to everybody, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and participating with us. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com again that is podcast at animejamsession.com we're here to listen and we're here to believe you don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find uh, links to our podcast, anime reviews uh, convention reviews uh, cosplay tips and tricks cosplay interviews convention photos and videos and so much more that's all that at animejamsession.com now, if you want to check out our podcast, you can also see it on our website, or you can use any podcasting app like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Spotify, any app that you know you use for podcasts, you can find us there at Anime, and just look up Anime Jam Session. A lot of these apps allow you to leave reviews, so, you know, drop a review. We want to know what's up. We appreciate that. And don't forget, you can find us on various social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It all goes back to Anime Jam Session. So to everybody that follows us on different social media um, locations, thank you, platforms, thank you so much. We couldn't do this show without y'all, really. 
Alright, so we're gonna go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. Um Yeah, I I I really hope this whole ecto cooler thing is mm. true for high C. Yep, yep, yep. Last words, Ichigo. I am going to see you guys, I guess, next week, and I am going to go back to sewing now. You do Yay! That. My last words is television. Well, that's it. End of list. We're done. We're getting out of here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, new topics, new news from Japan, and see how well Mako-chan cracks all of our skulls. <laughs> so that's it. We're out of here. So I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Night. Johnny. All right. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Let's see if I can go for another. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Goodnight, everyone. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're getting out of here. <laughs> Good night, y'all. and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!